Hello, hello. Uh, this is the Smash Life episode four. This is your host, Liz Smash, and I'm sitting here in uh, just outside of the Elmore Garage gym with uh, one of the Elmores, the only one who's home. Her name is Ava. Ava, come. Do you want to come talk on the air? Do you want to? Did you want to get interviewed? Hello, my name is Ava. I am a German Shepherd, and uh, that's that. I wasn't one of my prouder voices. Sorry. Um, anyway, Ava's trying to knock shit down right now. So, uh, but actually, I have an, a human guest here as well today. Uh, this is Corbin Bruce. Uh, welcome to the show. Now, you, this is where you say hi. Hello. Hi, Corbin. <laughs> Uh, Corbin is one of the power lifters on Team Liz Smash. She's also, I would say, like a founding member, one of the regulars in the Atlanta Women's Barbell Club. We train usually on Sundays. Um, the uh, tell me that was that's pretty much how we met. So uh, tell me about like how you even heard about the women's club and what brought you to come and train with us. It's been uh, almost a year, yeah? When did yeah, you? yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been a year. Like January or yeah. before? I think January. it's January, okay. yeah. Cool, happy anniversary. Yay. <laughs> so how did you hear about us? Um, found you on Instagram and I saw you posted about it and I was like, sure, let me give us a try because I've been going through a ton of gym anxiety at the time. And so I saw I was like, just females and just, I yeah it's yeah. a it's a good yeah. vibe man and now we've had probably I would say there's like three to f we, we have like a mix usually I would call you Susan and, and Sid probably like the three regulars um, and then we have another I don't know three or four that like rotate in um, Kirsten moved. She abandoned us. Thanks. Have fun in Cali. Hope you're good, Kirsten. Hi. Uh, but yeah, it's been a cool crew, and I hear more and more from females especially, but everybody, like just gym anxiety. Uh, I don't know if like commercial gyms have just been overrun with weirdos or if maybe worldwide, uh, nationwide, our anxiety is worse as a whole, but... I think both. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Anyway, uh, garage gyms are getting more popular, so uh, I'm glad and at least we can offer kind of like a ladies-only space for y'all who haven't seen us on Instagram. Uh, it's Atlanta Women's Barbell Club, but we spell women where there might be an E in women or an A in woman. Uh, we throw an X in there, um, basically all... Feminine types are welcome. So uh, if you identify as female or uh, non-gender binary, you're welcome to come train with us. Usually, like I said, it's a pretty small group, and it's a uh, sliding scale fee-based class, which means you just pay whatever you can afford. It's anywhere from 5 to 20 bucks per session. So um, that's like a discounted training day we do, and we usually either do it in East Atlanta in the garage or in uh, Reynoldstown at CrossFit downtown Atlanta. Uh, I'm gonna make Corbin talk now because she's also trying to fight Ava off because Ava just <laughs> got up in her face. Um, and now she's just straddling a love seat casually. What are you gonna do, you know? Um, we'll come back, we're gonna talk about powerlifting a little more, but first I wanna talk about a mutual love, mine and Corbin's, of body art, also known as tattoos. How many tattoos do you have? Um, I have 10. 10? 
10 right now. And how many years ago did you get your first one? I got my first one was 18. Okay. So that's, how old are you now? 27. Got it. So nine years ago, yeah. your first. Uh, wh- which one was that? What is it? Um, it is on my hip and it's one love. All right. And then did you, what, what do we look like over the span of from 18 to now you're 27? Like how many tattoos did you get different ages? Um, I would get one about one a year. Okay. And, but last year was when I got the most. That's like last year I got. No way. You're counting <laughs> more than half. Five. You got yeah. five. Ta- Last year so I you got doubled five. your number of tattoos in one year. Yeah. Boss. Uh, tell me this. Do you, I know some people uh, who have tattoos maybe always go to the same artist. Have you, have all of yours been done by the same artist or different artists? Um, They've been done by, for most part, the same. I kind of collect tattoo artists is what I realized. Ah. Um, so right now I have about four that I go to just depending on what I want to get and what is your like feeling I guess or um what is it about tattoos that you enjoy or like what is it about body art that made you want to start getting tattoos um I've been always wanting tattoos ever since I was little um I've just loved art and just love knowing that I can have that on my body just was one thing I was one I when I was little I used to want to be a tattoo artist so like how old I honestly was like 12 wanting to be a tattoo that's artist. That's cool. Yeah. I don't feel like I hear that out of many kids, but that's pretty cool. Like early on, you were like, yeah. Did yeah. you draw a lot? Were you very artistic as a kid? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So like I was like, yeah, I was 12 and I like already like was designing like the tattoos that nice. I wanted. So have did any of those from when you were 12 hold up? No. Nah. Oh. None of them. Yeah. Where are they? Like wh- where do these 12 year old Corbin's designs exist? Nowhere. I've lost them, like all the like <laughs> all of them that I drew. I can't find them anymore. Yeah. Do you even remember what any of them were? I honestly don't. Come on, what if I wanted like a twelve-year-old Corbin <laughs> original? I wanted to. Th- I don't think anybody would want that. <laughs> were you a gifted artist, or can you just admit, like maybe I had some more t- some talent to still? Gain? I honestly was gifted. Cool. Yeah, like I used to draw and paint a lot. I haven't drawn and painted in years, though. Why not? Do you you think it's something you still enjoy? I do. I do. It's just like people get writer's block. Mm-hmm. I have artist block and I it's just it. been like yeah. forever. Right. So I miss it though. What uh, were your favorite me- mediums? Media? Media. The, what kind of stuff did you color <laughs> with? <laughs> what, what, what were your tools, man? Um, I mainly stuck with acrylics paint wise. Um, every now and then tried char, um, not charcoals, um, Welcome back to it. Yeah. Corbin yeah. was real worried about sounding awkward on the uh, podcast. <laughs> and I was like, no, no. Have you listened to the show? Like, that's, we. it's awkward. I, I think it could just be called, like, the awkward smash life. So, <laughs> no worries, kid. <laughs> the more awkward, the better. Uh, so, tell me, 10 tattoos now uh, yes. and counting. Are you going to stop there? Or do you have? Oh, no. Oh, no, heavens, no. no. Yes. Uh, what was your most recent one? When did you get that one? Most recent one was on my birthday. It's Which is when August for your eighteenth for your fans that want to send you a card, <laughs> and I'm August twenty second. So holla at you, Leos. What what? Uh, and what did you get for that birthday? I got it says death for decaf, and it's a little coffee cup with a skull coming out of it with flowers around it. Cool. And this one, 
I maybe I just saw it when it was healing, but um, was it the only one that you have that was done with like was it some highlights, almost like some white ink? Yes. For those who don't know, Corbin is a black woman, a light, nice boss lady of color. Um, so having like the lighter color on the tattoo was like super cool. It makes the color pop. I love pop. it. Yeah, because it was yeah, it's new. I went to a different artist that I'd never gone to before, mm-hmm. and she did and first female that I had tattooed me, and she was awesome Sweet. and it turned out even more amazing than i like imagined that's cool uh i uh love that too about like females i don't know i have um two well i guess i kind of have two and a half tattoos i have spot tattoo done in two spots on my body but one of them uh the the tree the redwood tree i have on my thigh that has kind of like a sunset or kind of like flames around it was done in like two parts like a year apart so i got the tree and then, like, a year later, kind of added on to it. So I kind of count that as, like, a, a tattoo and a half. Uh, and I got that three years ago. And then I have another of a bluebird down on my calf, um, both on my left leg. So, And those are both done by my friend Melvin, who used to be a, a client of mine back when I coached. Like, one of my first um, coaching gigs was when I was at CrossFit Peachtree in Buckhead. So, what's up, Melvin? Um, he also drew, he did the mural for us on the wall when I owned CrossFit Midtown. So, he's super talented, and I love his work, but I also love to support uh, lady artists, too. So, I think I want to go to a female for my next one. Uh, there's a chick that actually Melvin referred me to, um, Debbie Snacks. She's... Uh, I think she works at a shop up in, like, Buckhead now. I need to check. Anyway, she's the one who drew – I hired her to draw that unicorn deadlifting uh, that, that I put on the shirts last year Love for Pull for Pride. Unicorn. Yeah. So she does some cool shit. And I uh, asked her if I decided I wanted to get that tattooed, um, if she'd do it. And she was like, hell yeah. So maybe I'll go see Debbie Snacks next. Uh, there's also an artist on – there's a female artist. I can't remember her name who's at one of the shops on Memorial – like in Grant Park, kind of by the cemetery, uh, who's super good, too. So uh, we'll have to check it out because we have plans. Corbin and I have talked about uh, making a tattoo date for next month. So yes. I'm going to throw 2018 out with a bang, get some new body art. Where Have you decided where on your body you want your next one? I have not decided where. Mm. I have no idea. I think I'm going to do mine on my like the inside of my right forearm, I think. I'm still deciding. I'm we'll thinking maybe on my leg. I don't know. So far on my leg, everything's kind of hurt pain-wise. Yeah. Yeah. So. How many do you have on your two? You have some on both legs, right? No, just, um, just on one leg. Yeah, just my right leg. How many on your right leg? I have four. Four on your yeah. right leg. And then four on my left arm. Don't look behind you. There's a dog standing on top of a love seat. Oh, you looked. Oh, you're in <laughs> trouble now. Oh, man. Ava's gonna try to say <laughs> hello. Hi, everybody. Ava, did you like my German accent for you? Bitch, I'm American. <laughs> my relatives are German. Uh, so let's um, go back. I wanted to talk also a little bit about uh, your powerlifting. For people who don't know Corbin, if you follow her on Instagram, what are you, Coco Alexis? Coco yes. underscore Coco Alexis? Underscore Alexis. I love. I believe you should probably know what your handle is i should that's kind of bad that i Come don't on, you're yes doing it is coco so underscore alexis all right <laughs> so if y'all ever follow her you got to check out that uh 
some of her lifting videos are y- you're they're pretty impressive. No, don't uh, adjust your screen. She's just lifting a fuck ton of weight. That's uh, let's see, Corbin. What are your best uh, competition lifts and what are your best training maxes? Uh, competition four thirteen squat squat yeah. and uh, pounds. That's four hundred thirteen pounds and four thirteen deadlift also correct and one eighty one bench on bench press yeah and what have you done in training in training 435 squat for six ava's family might be home hello ava for 65 deadlift and bench we've done some board work and some uh reverse band stuff so but you've already benched what did you bench 185 no what You've done one. Have you done one eighty five for reps? Anyway, I, yeah. I guess not. You've you hit one seventy five for reps. We haven't been doing yeah. much paused stuff, but you've done with uh, uh, slingshot and the reverse bands. Well, the slingshot I think was two twenty five. Yeah. So we're looking at a big PR at your next meet. You've done yes. how many meets? Two. Okay. And what is your next uh, competition? Next one is in March. Cool. Uh, so yeah, Corbin is going to compete in March at the USPA drug-tested state meet. You already hold uh, some state records in the USPA, which, what do you, is it the squat, deadlift, and total, right? Yes. Um, and that's in the non-drug-tested division. The meet, uh, Corbin did a USA powerlifting state meet last year, February, was her first meet ever, and I like met you three yeah. weeks before that. She had, yeah. <laughs> I met her and then she's like, oh yeah, I think I want to do a meet soon. I like meet this girl. I'm like, oh, how long have you been powerlifting? She's like, I don't know, like eight months. I'm like, oh yeah, what do you lift? Uh, I squat like 385. I'm like, excuse me? Like not many women eight months into <laughs> powerlifting are squatting close to 400. And then I think the next week I saw you, you were like, oh, yeah, I went ahead and registered for a meet. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Well, you have, like, two weeks now. All right. Uh, All right. Uh, Have you been, like, training for it? Like, are you doing a peaking program or anything? And she was like, what's that? (laughs) And I asked a few more questions and realized Corbin is, like, hella strong but has never even really followed a training program. What had you done? You were just basically training with some some dudes at, yeah. at Gold's Gym. Yeah, that was like it. <laughs> maxing out almost every lift, every session? Yeah. Wow. That was pretty much, yeah. So Nothing structured. <laughs> Nothing organized. So let's back it up. Um, tell me, uh, like, how did you end up getting into powerlifting? What made you start? Um, I... Joined a gym, joined Gold's, and got a personal trainer to lose weight for my wedding. And when was that? When did you start with the trainer? Um, that was in July of 2016. Okay. And then just kept lifting my trainer even after the wedding because um, I hated weights. I absolutely hated them. So, so what I, kind of training were you doing with the trainer? They, he was he or she? He. He was yeah. making you do lifting, lift weights for the first time? Yeah, oh, cool. pretty much. And other than that, I was doing nothing but spin classes. Cool. I I cannot picture you in a spin class to save my life. Oh, I was doing like four or five a week. Crushing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're lifting weights with trainer at Gold, doing spin classes. Yes. Um, did you did you hit your goal? Were you looking fly on the wedding day like you no, hoped? The weights stay the same. You did. But I did look fly because okay. my dress, I looked I've amazing. seen pictures. You looked lovely. And my dress so had beautiful. pockets. It was awesome. Wow. Yeah. Did you use the pockets? Oh, yeah. For 
things or just your hands? Just my hands. My mom actually kind of got mad because every picture, my hands were like in my pockets. <laughs> you were like, I got pockets. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> She's like, Corbin, take your hands out of your pockets. But then she got a dress that had pockets too. And I was like, you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's got pockets. We got to use them. Yeah. Tom. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So then when, what happened, like the transition from just lifting with a trainer into like actually training for powerlifting? Um, I started to enjoy lifting more weights since I was on a started kept like lifting with uh, him and then my husband passed away two and a half months after we got married um in December 2016 and I just realized like lifting weights kind of was like a nice outlet for me um so I started lifting even more with my personal trainer because he was a bodybuilder so I was like lifting with him and his fiance a little bit more um realizing just I loved adding more and more weight onto that bar and realizing like I was how strong I was and started looking at powerlifting and that's just kind of cool where it grew so first of all I'm so sorry for your loss you got married in October um like two years ago and then he passed away when in December yes what happened car accident so do you still, does your heart just fall when you hear about car accidents or when you, if you're driving and you see one? It, yeah, it scares me. Mm. It, it, it does. And when you got the news, you, where were you? I was at work. So you, uh, it, it happened late at night, right? And you, it s- happened early in the morning. Um, cause he, he had gone to his job's Christmas party and I had to work at like 6am next morning. So I didn't go. And he told me it was going to be like, home at like two uh, I usually got up at like four for work um he was at home so I just figured that he had probably crashed on one of his friend's couches up there in Gainesville um because it's a far drive so he would usually do that sometimes so I didn't think anything of it mm-hmm. um went to work and then about an hour into my shift got a call from the police asking me last time I spoke with him and they were asking me like when I was going to be home and, and they, ha- but they're not telling you anything at this point. No, they so didn't tell you, me anything. What are you thinking at this point? I didn't know what happened. Like I was so confused. I'm like, what's going on? Um, yeah, I gave him my work address and said I'd be there. I started calling all of his friends, all of his coworkers. Called my mother-in-law. Um, my mother-in-law kind of had an idea since they weren't telling me anything. I was just kind of clueless, just trying to call everybody. Yeah trying to figure out what was going on, even called them back. And I'm like, when are y'all going to be here? Um, had the thought crossed your mind yet that something mm-mm. bad would have happened? Nothing. So why did you think the police had called you? I had absolutely like, no, had idea. no idea. Yeah, my on. mind was just like, yeah. what's going on? Where is he? Like, and when? what time of day is this when you get the phone call? It was about 7 a.m. when and I got you, the phone call. And what? how long was your shift? Like you weren't, you know, you were going to be at work until what time? 4.30. Okay. And they're like, when are you going to be home? Yeah. You're like, yeah. not for a minute. Yeah, I was like, um, all day. So they're like, okay, we're going to come to your job. Weird. And so they came, they got to the office about eight. And, and then. And what happens then? Um, well, they had, because like I'm, like my department's like all the way at the back of the building. They're all the way at the front. And so everybody's coming up and they're like, hey, there are the police here for you. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. So I go to the front, and they're like, hey, is there a private room you go to? We go to the room, and that's when they... And they're they just like, me. we're sorry to let, tell you your husband's... Yeah. Gone. 
And are you in the room alone with the cops right then? Yeah. So what? what is your reaction? Like, what do you even... It took me a minute to register what they even said. Yeah. Like, my brain didn't click. Like, they had to tell me, like, twice before I registered. And then I just, like, completely just fell out. Um, I working... My best friend was working with me at the time. Um, two, actually, two of my best friends were working with me at the time. I had them go... I had one of the cops go and grab my best friend for me um, and bring her in there. And then I'm, like, asking the other cop, like, is this a joke? He's, like, is he really in the hospital? And he's, like, no. And then, so my best friend, she finally gets in the room and so she's trying to like calm me down um i made the cop call my mother-in-law because i couldn't even tell her i couldn't say anything the cop also had to call my mom for me um the cop actually texted my mom because mom was at jury duty during the time yeah um and so and then all i remember just like i couldn't breathe and so I'm like running in and out of the building. Like I, like at one point I am sitting outside of the building on the curb, just crying in the cold Aww. with like my best friend sitting right there. Cause like I couldn't breathe in the room. Like yeah. it was so hot and I'm just sitting there out there crying. So you just to try to get some fresh air. Yeah. So and it's then, like super cold and you're, but you're out there. Yeah. And it was raining too. Ava. No. All right, Ava, we'll <laughs> interview you next, all right? Corbin is talking now. Keep chewing your paw. Good girl. Just kidding. If Mr. and Mrs. Elmore are listening, I would never let your dog chew her paw. She's being an angel right now, chewing her paw. Um, sorry, Court. So sorry for the rude <laughs> interruption. So you're at work and, like, friends. At this point, are the, are the cops just like, okay, peace? Like, they do their job and they I, leave? No, they stay there. They stay there until my mom... And my stepdad got there. Um, But yeah, like all I remember is like a ton, like my best friends being there and like a ton of like my bosses were in there because one of my bosses is a widower. So he was in the office. Lady from HR is in the office. Like I just remember like a ton of people being there and I'm running back and forth inside out because I would either I'd be outside and I start freezing. And the second I get inside, I would just like my anxiety would start going through the roof Mm. and I would just like I need air like I need to get out. And then, yeah, my parents came and got me and took me to the house. And so I sat there at the house for a little bit. And then we went to go check on my dog. And then they drove me up to my in-laws. So 26 years old and you're just... 25. Sorry, 25. And you'd just gotten married. And then, like, a few months later, he's gone. Yeah. I was... I mean, my heart really goes out to you. I know... By the way, anyone out there who's like, Liz, I thought this podcast was supposed to be about comedy and strength. Um, You have been, like, so strong. You know, you obviously, by the way, she's being interviewed about this um, only because she was okay with discussing it. I know it's a very sensitive subject, but uh, my dad passed away earlier this year, and Corbin right away was like, are you okay? How's your mom? Like, you have been so great. because you're still really grieving even, you know, two years later. I know it's, um, I mean, I can't, I just can't even imagine, you know, losing your partner like that. So um, tell me about, you You have shared with me and you encourage my mom to join. Um, there's like kind of a club that's kind of been a good support group for you since he passed away. What, tell me about that. Um, it's called the Hot Young Widows Club because after he passed, like I was just searching for 
anything just on being a young widow, like any information, just any support. And I found very little, you know, everything was basically hitting out a widow being someone who's like in their eighties and that's not <laughs> always the case. Um, and then I came across a, someone, a girl who became widow at 28 and came across her blog and stuff. And then she talked about the hot and widows club. Um, well, I reached out to her and then she told me about being part of the hot and widows club and I joined the group and it has been the most awesome support group because it's cool. so many different widows and it's um widows and widowers and and it's primarily like a facebook group yeah yeah it's a private facebook group so whatever you post in there like nobody else can see unless you're in the group cool which is nice because you can just be open and honest about it yeah and it's just nice just to vent we talk about literally every possible thing ever that is so cool it's like ton of people like you have no idea who they are they're complete strangers and but they're the most awesome support group ever with this right well i'm glad that you have them and i uh if mom if you're listening and you better be because we only have like five fans so far of the podcast i'm really counting on you being because if you don't listen then there's only like four people listening so anyway thanks love you uh join the club mom because like corbin said most widows in their 80s are old but widows in their 70s are young ladies so get up in the club okay Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and we're back. We took a quick break because we are just squatting in someone's home. Neither of us actually live here. It's cool. The the family knows. Um, And they just got home from taking their holiday photos, so we might get interrupted again. If so, we're just going to work through it. So anyway, as Corbin was saying, um, Hot Young Widows Club, if somebody is interested, if they wanted to join, I assume they mu- they need to be a widow or a widower to yes. join. Yeah. Um, you said it's like a secret group. Is there a way? What would you recommend if they tried wa- um, wanted to get involved? What you have to do is you have to go to the Hot Young Widows Club website. Which is what? HotYoungWidowsClub.com? Yes. Cool. And there That's so clever. Is <laughs> and there's a link um, <laughs> on there where you apply to be in it and everything. And then they send you like once they look at it they send you and invite through your email that's attached to your facebook got it to join the group and so this is what like a worldwide thing nationwide what it's worldwide it's grown so much but you but they're they're like local get-togethers too right because haven't you met up with some of the atlanta yeah the hot uh, yeah the hot and windows club they kind of did little mini groups too so i'm so now i'm part of three widows groups um there is the is there an ugly old widows club <laughs> no there isn't there no one's like that. what if you feel like you're not hot are you still allowed to join yes do they yes. ask you when you apply they're like are you a widow or widower and then are they like on a scale of one to ten where do you rate <laughs> yourself in hotness no thankfully they don't do that <laughs> come on Corbin. i think everybody kind of like zero no <laughs> like a, a solid six and a half because I'm also part of the Widowhood Council, and then I am also part of the Gone with the Widows ATL. Cool. So tell me, oh, kind of like Gone with the Wind? Yeah. That, oh, right. Yeah, that's the... I was like, what an interesting name. I see it, guys. It just took me a sec, all right? Um, so 
support groups that has that been like really helpful for you that as far as that honestly has um because it's all widows and widowers so it was nice to kind of have someone like understand exactly kind of what you're going through it's all different ages all different backgrounds and it's like the one thing that connects us that we are part of this crappy club yeah and it's nothing that anyone wants to yeah. be in but i'm sure talking to some other people who just um, get yeah. every everything uh what do you as far as like if anyone's listening who's lost um their their partner or even just any you know family members a loved one um what do you recommend or w- i guess what were the things that helped you cope the the most or um the biggest thing is just be gentle with yourself i think that's like one thing that everybody kind of struggles with is because you try and keep going you're trying to do everything while also grieving and you also like there's this like stigma on like oh you have to grieve this way and five stages of grief and it's like no just be gentle with yourself and do whatever you feel like you need to do to handle it yeah I think uh somebody I don't remember exactly how they put it but like it might have been you or somebody else that told me like um grief's different for everybody and it's not there's no timeline for grief it's not like oh it's been a week so my grief is better it's been two weeks so my grief is better in a month it's going to be this much better like it can be terrible even a year later or I mean actually I'm not sorry I'm not at a year yet um since my dad passed but you know like I'll just be randomly doing like folding clothes or something and some memory will come back and it just um I'm not religious but it does just it still strikes me that that someone who like helped create me is just no longer on this planet you know so um you know it's it's heavy shit that when you least expect it it's still just a wave of grief will kind of still wash over you it's a roller coaster I've literally cried everywhere now what's the weirdest place you've cried the apple store was definitely the weirdest with how long uh after michael passed was were you crying in the apple store was i want to say about eight months do you get quicker service in the apple store (laughs) by crying (laughs) no you do not i guess i guess good for you apple i don't even know that's that's metal apple kind of just they just kind of just like, okay. So why you're in the Apple store and you're just crying and you're just chilling, crying. <laughs> My phone started to act up mm-hmm. and they told me that I was going to have to reset it as a new one. Uh-uh. And my biggest thing was like, I didn't care about anything else being on there. My main thing was all of his messages. You wanted to keep like text messages or voicemails and yeah. stuff from him. Yeah. And they're like, there's no way to save that. All of that will be erased too. And so that's when I just started bawling. I'm just bawling just because I'm like, I, I'm like, and that's the one they didn't At this lose. point, what does the Apple store like tech do? Are they compassionate or are they just like, beep boop, boop, boop? Like just a, they're, they're a robot. Yeah. They're no just kind of like, you know, you can, you know, go through and screenshot them and, you know, Eey, but, um, so what did you end up, time. what was the final like decision what did you end up doing i sat there and i screen went through all of our text messages screenshot shot them and i sat there and emailed our voicemails and because my phone was acting crazy it took me 10 hours to do all of that holy cow because my phone was just going haywire 
and everything. So did you stay at the Apple store for 10 hours? No. Oh, got no. it. Got I had it. Yeah, I sat there at home and I'm just like going through Man. everything the entire day. Aww. And that didn't work. <laughs> what? Wait, so you took 10 hours doing all this and it didn't? No, the fit. Yeah, that didn't fix my phone. Yikes. Okay. So. So do you still have that old phone or what? I had to sit there and have me replace my phone. Got it. And I just backed it up for my iCloud. Oh, okay. so, so basically I did. Yeah, I did all that for nothing and cried in the Apple store <laughs> for nothing. Um, but yeah, I um, <laughs> weirdest place I've cried was the day uh, my dad passed overnight and I got the news um, that morning. I my ringer had been off, so I didn't find out till like 9 a.m. And I live in Atlanta and um, my parents live in the home where I grew up outside of Tampa. So um, I get the news at nine and I'm just like. I'll be on the next flight. So uh, I think the next flight, uh, or I, I was going to the chiropractor. I was like, well, shit, I'm about to go through a bunch of grief. I might as well still go get adjusted. And um, so I went to the chiropractor, came home, and, like, packed a bag. And I think my flight was at, like, 1.30. So I get to the airport, and, of, of course, security is a nightmare, which, I, could, I don't know, Monday at lunchtime, I thought it wouldn't be crazy. Oh, it was. Um, so I'm in the security line and I'm wearing sunglasses and like headphones and I'm just crying in the security line and I keep asking every TSA agent I get to, I'm like, excuse me, my dad just passed away. I'm just trying to get home to my mom. Like, is there anything we can do about the line? And they're like, oh, you'll be fine. You'll make it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, so we keep moving. I ask somebody else, oh, you're probably just going to be just fine. And I've seen people like in an emergency have a TSA agent let them just like jump the line or whatever and I probably I I could have probably just asked people and been like hey please can I do you mind if I go ahead of you like I think if any time <laughs> yeah. is the right time to let someone b cut you in line for security it's when you know they're a, a family member just died so I'm just like crying finally get through security they, no thanks to TSA and of course my flight is going out from like the C concourse and it's like gate one, which is at one very end of the concourse. So I take, I have to take the train three stops to C, then have to go up the escalator and then have to run through the concourse. And I feel like I ran track when I was in like ninth grade. So I was fast and I'm much older now, but I still feel like I had a pretty good sprint time from like <laughs> middle of the concourse <laughs> all the way down. Uh, and I get there and I already, I've flown a lot. I have a pretty good idea. Like, most of the airlines, it doesn't matter what the airline is, pretty much 15 minutes before the flight is supposed to take off, the doors are shut. So I had a good idea. I probably missed the flight. Uh, and I get to the gate at, uh, I think it was like three minutes till the flight time. And the lady's like just turning away from locking the door. Like she's just shut it. And I'm like, oh, the flight took off, didn't it? And she's like, yeah, and I just, I just sob. I'm like sitting there, like crying, and uh, I guess it was against their policy, but she like refunded my ticket right then or something, and um, so I'm just still pretty hysterical. So I walk. Uh, there were a lot of people that missed their flight, that flight, like they came up behind me, and so I walk down the concourse, and there's a Delta counter. I was flying like Spirit Air, which is. Uh, they're terrible. I wouldn't recommend them. But hey, if it's on the cheap and at the last minute, and I get it. You can do it. But I've heard stories about Spirit. Yeah, so it's yeah. yeah, it's rough. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I got a flight on Delta. But yes, I was just crying. Didn't even care though. I'm like, whatever, folks. I think you get over it. Like you do really quickly because uh, it just hits you, yeah. and you're just crying, and it's just like you know, somebody has an issue with it. 
I've cried in the gym multiple, multiple yeah. times and just kept lifting as I'm crying. I I don't know. Uh, oh, that was one last thing we're going to talk about before we wrap it up. I know, um, so talking about grief and recovering from grief, you and I also, um, like we, I said, we worked together for about a year now. Something that we really kind of, I guess, hit it off right away about is I'm super open when I'm coaching about my own uh, anxiety and, and depression. And I think that resonates with a lot of people. A, because I think a lot of people don't like to talk about it or it's like taboo. And I hope to help change that stigma and just let people know. I know mental illness is like a worldwide emergency that we need to talk more about and not be ashamed of. So um, again, I know it's a sensitive topic, but Corbin agreed it was cool if we shared a little. Um, you also struggle a lot with some, with anxiety and depression as well. So yeah. we talk a lot about just breathing and, you know, stress relief and working through our anxiety while lifting too. Um, what, what would you recommend for somebody who gets gym anxiety or gets training anxiety? Do you have any tips? Um, hmm. Still working on that. Um, yeah. but definitely lifting with you helps because you definitely provide a safe space, which I love. And you know how to adjust my training on if my anxiety's just through the roof that day or if my depression's through the roof. And that's one thing that I love is that I don't feel like I have to constantly fight training and fight this mental illness at the same time you make it aware there's a good balance between it and you help me manage it especially while lifting because especially during a meet my anxiety is through the roof and you have always sat there and helped me keep sane <laughs> during a meet yeah. <laughs> poor corbin at the last meet uh she did the uspa meet when was that was it in may or yeah June? it was yeah in the may i want to say yeah and uh it's in this warehouse and I don't know. It's probably Atlanta weather by then is hitting the 90s, I guess. Uh, and this warehouse is this huge metal roof building with, like, hardly any ventilation. And I guess it had some AC and there were some fans, but, like, they didn't realize that. I, I don't know what it was, that they just didn't catch on that he was going to be such an issue until it was already too much of an issue. So this woman set some state records even while... Uh, I wouldn't, it wasn't full blown heat stroke, but I would say you were close. You had a lower grade heat exhaustion. Uh, we were sitting outside, what, after bench press before yeah. deadlift, uh, I was like sitting in air conditioning and trying to like calm, cool you off and give you, you know, ice cubes and everything else. And Corbin is so competitive. I was like, Hey, like you've already done so awesome. If you can't deadlift, it's not the end of the world. Or if you want to we can change your opening attempt to like 135 if you want to lift something really light so you still get a total cool if you're not well enough like it is not worth making yourself sicker or making this worse and I had been I was dying too like not dying excuse me very that's very I've uh, learned the term ableist it's very ableist of me for someone who's actually dying and me as an able-bodied human to say that my bad not pc but I was very hot also probably um, starting to get some heat exhaustion and like a genius I was wearing like leggings but I was just 
not handling it well and there was it was a huge meet and it was lasting a long time so we usually it was, had yeah, ended up being like two like hours two, before you were gonna yeah. lift again and I lived about 20 minutes away um so we had time before you needed to warm up and I was like I'm driving home to get shorts <laughs> so by the time I get back I'm like about to leave and come back and I've gotten ice packs and stuff too and I text Susan one of the other lifters to check in and I'm like hey how's how's everything she's like oh we're good and uh, Corbin's great. You take your time. She's like new. She's doing fine. So came back. You finished the meet like a boss. Still did awesome. Um, I know there was another lifter at the meet that we were all excited to meet. Um, and she gave you some good advice too. So t- tell me about it. Uh, Kimberly Walford was there. Uh, Kimberly Walford, just world class power lifter, y'all. No big deal. So she. She congratulated me on my squat for grinding it out. Y'all, <laughs> Corbin squatted more than anyone in the meet because Kim squats like low to mid fours, and uh, she passed on her third attempt because she'd already she was saving. I think she was gonna go for maybe a world record or at least a national record on deadlift, so she was kind of saving her energy. Plus, she was at this meet really just to get a qualifying total for nationals, so. She was kind of taking it easy. So Corbin didn't know what her attempt was going to be for her final attempt. Uh, And I realized that her attempt was going to be a little more than the number Kim had put in. Uh, And so I didn't want to worry Corbin. But for on the first two attempts, Corbin squatted right before Kim. And then for the third one, uh, Kim's number was lower than Corbin. So Corbin was going to actually be taking the final squat of the comp. And I didn't want her... or for the women, and I didn't want that to, like, freak Corbin out too much that she was going to be lifting more than Kim. Uh, and then Kim ended up passing on her third lift anyway, so it was, like, a non-issue. But this uh, woman, Kimberly Walford, she's track who on Instagram. Um, she's, like, amazing lifter. I competed with her at uh, USAPL Raw Nationals in, like, 2013. And she's so strong and she's so calm. And this woman, uh, we're in the warm-up area, and I see... Kim starting to walk up to Corbin and your mom and your sister I think were standing with you and Kim is like so polite was like hey excuse me hey I just wanted to say congratulations on your squat like that was so awesome and Corbin just like her her eyes light up and she's like almost about to cry and she's like oh my gosh I don't mean to fangirl out but oh my gosh I'm just such a big fan oh my gosh oh my gosh thank you and I think Corbin's mom was probably like, who's this chick? We don't even know. <laughs> and when she like hung out and like chatted with us, it was just like, just so nice and awesome. Anyway, it was super, super cool. And like during bench, cause that's when I started to get really overheated. Like, yeah. During bench, like she told me to sit in front of the fans and she's like, just think about being cold. Just think about being in like Iceland and being cold. And it's like, so it was just awesome. Her just trying to like help me like stay calm and stuff. And, yeah she's super cool I think um that's super cool it's always interesting to me to see like a high level competitor like that um you know it's neat to see someone like that compete it's neat to see how they warm up and everything else but more interesting to me is just how they handle themselves around other lifters and other people like while they're in the zone you know of competing like this is their meet too it's their event and I've seen some very elite level power lifters uh treat other lifters like complete shit um, because they're in the, such a zone that apparently other human beings don't matter and they're more important. And anyway, it was 
just so lovely to see um, someone of like her caliber lift her just to be, you know, in between attempts on bench press and I look over and she's like chatting with you trying to help you calm down. It was really cool because not, not every competitor is like that. So um, I love it. I do enjoy, you know, seeing the people who are friendly during powerlifting meets because we're all kind of in the same boat. We're competing together. Like everybody was warm in that building. Um, so I thought it was super cool to see Kim just kind of like trying to help you calm down, giving you some advice. And I definitely think anyone who um, has, you know, seen Kim lift can definitely respect the kind of weight she lifts. I think any tip she'd ever give you about lifting or calming down is one you'd take. You're like, a done. If it means I'll be able to deadlift over 500 pounds, then I'm in. I'll listen to whatever you tell me. Yeah. Um, so on that note of deadlifting 500 pounds, um, currently your best deadlift is how much? 465. All right. I mentioned our friend Sid earlier. Hope to have Sid on this show sometime <laughs> soon. She's hilarious. She's one of the girls, uh, one of the other women's who trains with the Atlanta Women's Barbell Club. And we have a plan that we've been talking about this because Corbin is so strong. We're like, yo, she's going to lift 500 pounds soon. And Sid and I are going to rig up a balloon drop. Uh, at this meet and the thing about the lifts are you don't really know when 500 is going to happen so we might have to do this at Corbin's like next three meets or something um, but we want to rig up a balloon drop kind of like like at a like at a grocery store when they have like a sweepstakes for like <laughs> our 10,000th customer um, the balloons and just come yeah, crashing we'll down balloons from come <laughs> crashing down so um, Sid and I have talked at length and made up all kinds of different um um, ideas of how, how we might rig up the balloon drop or even just have like a t-shirt cannon or a confetti gun. Anyway, there's... I'm all for the confetti yeah, gun. Yeah, so, you know, if anyone out there has ever rigged up their own uh, balloon drop on the fly or a confetti gun, if you have one we could borrow, just holler at your girl. We'd really appreciate it. That'd be <laughs> great. Uh, tell me, what are your goals for powerlifting for 2019 as we come toward the end of 2018? Um, definitely. And if you haven't thought of them yet, your coach will be asking about them soon. <laughs> That's a hint. Um, definitely want to squat and deadlift 500 cool. and bench 240. Awesome. Um, want to top my current state records. All right, all right. And uh, compete in nationals. Yeah, so USPA uh, drug-tested nationals or in Las Vegas in July. Uh, we already got hotel rooms reserved. So there are uh, four of us. Uh, Susan and Corbin have already qualified. Uh, Consuela is going to compete in March and qualify. I was hoping to also do it, but I've been having um, some health stuff going on that uh, health is definitely the first priority. So we'll see. I'm, I may um, be able to lift in March or may not. I'm... Um, Trying to get back to just focusing on self-care and managing my uh, some autoimmune stuff that's going on that is mainly caused by stress in my life and uh, from owning some businesses in the past and not managing my stress well. So the last thing that I need to do is add a competition where I get stressed out and have to lift heavy. So if I haven't, you know, healed up by then, I, I may just be there as a coach and not as a lifter, but we look forward. It'll still be a fun strong women's trip to las vegas yes so 
Uh, and Sid, if you're out there, book your ticket because we might need you to rig up a balloon drop. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Um, do, oh, one other thing. Do, um, oh, I guess we already talked about. I was going to ask, do you have any advice for, um, for like new power lifters as far as just like we talked about, you know, you're still working on it. It's like the anxiety thing. But um, just somebody new who, what if you have a whole lot of gym anxiety? You know, what are, how can you get into the sport? Like what kind of tips would you give them as far as like, you know, trying not to be intimidated and just trying to like give it a go? I think the main thing is just get a barbell in your hand and don't be afraid to go for it. Um, definitely don't be an ego lifter and lift heavy all the time, every time. Um, that is the worst thing you can do. Um, and just the way I kind of started was I kind of started lifting with other guys that were power lifters. Um, so that's one thing, but you got to learn, you got to, especially as a female, you train differently. Yeah. Your body's a little different from them. So don't be afraid to ask like other lifters in the gym for advice and also like on Instagram watching so many different lifting videos. That's just all I kept doing was just watching different lifting videos, yeah. just on like technique and everything. Um the best thing honestly was getting a coach. That was the best thing for me. Cool. Uh, and the other thing, yeah, I definitely think those are great tips. Um I would also say, you know, I think a lot of people uh get turned off by lifting or like just think they could never get strong. Maybe they would be interested in pursuing powerlifting, but they think, oh, you know, I'd have to go to a gym to do that. And that just turns me off. Like there's a lot of people who have just bad memories of like PE from high school or whatever, you know, I'm one of those. Yeah. Maybe there's bullies <laughs> in your past or whatever jerks from the gym that make you just not interested in going to the gym. Um, I definitely learned figuring out the times yeah. where there aren't many people in the gym. It's definitely helpful. For so sure. that, like, if you have to go to a commercial gym, just figure out times where the gym is least busy. Yeah, is definitely one thing that's definitely helpful. I think um, that's a great one. And like, you know, if you figure out if there is anyone in your area, you know, maybe you have a friend who who has some weights in their garage, or um, maybe you could work with a trainer. I understand that not everyone can afford uh, to hire a trainer, but there are trainers out there who work either in private spaces or smaller studios, um, or an, like I take some clients here in the garage gym. Um, I just hate for anyone to miss out on getting stronger because they hate the gym. Because I get it, and more and more people, you know, I I hear of. I think that our world we're so overstimulated, and there's a lot of stuff that kind of causes people stress in everyday life and. Uh, to miss out on working out, you know, because the gym is going to be one more source of stress for you just kind of bums me out. But uh, like you said, it is smart to listen to your body. You know, um, that's something I'm definitely learning about, too, is recovering and moving more for stress relief right now and, and for health um, than always competing. And some people want to do every single powerlifting meet that's out there. And sometimes that can kind of drive you into pretty bad health. Other people can handle it better. So everyone's different, you know, just kind of realizing, like, you're not the same as the next guy or girl or athlete, you know. And um, I guess the other thing would be don't be turned off by it just because you don't see a lot of people that look like you in a certain sport. Uh, when I started powerlifting, I was um, definitely, as a female, I was in the minority. Um, but there were a lot of 
uh, a ton more males, a lot of white males, black males, a lot of heterosexual males, um, and not many members, the LGBTQ population, not too many people of color, and just not a lot of women at all. And so um, you'd be surprised, even though if you might be new to the sport, like everybody inspires each other. And I draw inspiration even from brand new lifters and working with them. So don't think just because you're, you know, transgender or just because you're broke or just because there's not like a powerlifting gym in your city that you can't do it. That um, And it doesn't just have to be powerlifting, but finding something, some way of moving that you enjoy, uh, especially if you have like chronic stress or something traumatic in your history or if you're dealing with grief, you know, um, get moving to kind of help move that some of that sad or, or traumatic energy out of you, you know? Like so. the best thing is have like the best playlist and yeah. just put your headphones in and just do whatever you need to do for to sure. kind of keep moving. I think gym anxiety, that's a big one for me too. I, I don't love to, uh, I like, I enjoy traveling. I do not enjoy the airport part of the traveling, uh, but uh, I have, I just keep headphones in at the airport cause it just, kind of freaks me out uh, nervous travelers freak me out I'm not that nervous but when there's always inevitably a nervous traveler near you and they stress me out so I just keep my music in and if you can kind of just focus on the music it kind of keeps me from focusing on the stressful whatever shit is I going even on do nearby. it at the grocery store yeah that's <laughs> and it helps. fine yeah, who cares I've started wearing sunglasses indoors I don't even care I'm like Thank you for listening to our podcast. Corbin isn't with me to say goodbye because I made a rookie mistake and ran out of space on the memory card. That is such like an episode one thing to do and I'm on episode four now. I should know better. But what are you going to do? Anyway, thanks Corbin for being on the show. If you want, please follow her on Instagram at Coco underscore Alexis and that is C-O-C-O underscore A-L. E-X-I-S. Catch some of her super strong lifts. And you can come train with her and get coached by moi on Sundays. Usually we're training at the Garage Gym or CrossFit Downtown. For details on that, follow Atlanta Women's Barbell. And that is A-T-L-A-N-T-A, Atlanta, spelled like usual. Women's, W-O-M-X-N-S. Barbell, B-A-R-B-E-L-L. So basically, spell Atlanta Women's Barbell just like you think it should be spelled. Then go back to the E in the word women's, erase it, and put an X in. And you'll find us on Instagram. And I hope you all have a fantastic Thanksgiving. On the next episode, we'll be announcing a few changes that are coming up for the podcast. We'll be offering some more premium content uh, which you'll still get some free podcasts, but hey, guess what? Until we have millions of followers and like all the sponsors right now, this thing is getting made for free. So hopefully some of you all will join us on Patreon and pay five bucks a month to hear all of our content. Everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. I am grateful for all of you, my listeners, and I'll talk to you later. Thank you.